Welcome to PSQH the Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of PSQH. On this episode, I talk to Dr. Glenn Zhang, Clinical Professor at UC Davis Health and Chief Medical Officer at Safely U, about fall prevention. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Dr. Glenn Zhang, Clinical Professor at UC Davis Health and Chief Medical Officer at Safely U, and we're going to discuss fall prevention. Welcome, Dr. Zhang. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for being here. Um, and I guess before we get started, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and about Safely U. Absolutely. So um, I am a uh, physician. I'm actually a uh, internist uh, and a psychiatrist, and I specialize in neuropsychiatric conditions uh, such as um, the uh, different types of uh, dementias as well as their medical comorbidities. Um, and more specifically, what I do is uh, in our clinic at the university, I provide um, comprehensive uh, neurocognitive assessments to help um, patients as well as their families uh, to figure out what uh, is the exact type of uh, dementia diagnosis. Uh, and then we provide a, a consultation program to their primary care physicians regarding treatment uh, as well as care planning. So these are uh, in general, um, for the most part, people uh, who are uh, living at home, uh, who uh, uh, most of the time, as we would like, um, who are just having uh, to start having early uh, signs of uh, dementia or memory loss. Uh, now, on the other side, I also worked as a medical director and physician in a long-term care setting in a skilled nursing facility uh, where uh, we have roughly 150 beds and we provide long-term care. And this is primarily designed for people with uh, what we call late-stage or end-stage dementia, mm -hmm. uh, where the individuals require a lot of um, help with their uh, basic uh, activities of daily living. And um, so that's the other clinical setting that I primarily work at. And as you've uh, indicated, uh, Jay, in your um, intro, I'm also the chief medical direct, uh, chief medical officer for Safely U, which is a, a AI-based um, technology company that uh, we've dedicated ourselves to uh, reducing falls uh, in people with uh, dementias. Um, great, thank you so much for that. And. I guess let's talk about, you know, how big of an issue is falls in senior care? I mean, we all know it's a, a huge problem, but like, can you sort of, uh, I guess, describe the scope of it for us? That's right. So um, just a, a couple of very uh, quick statistics. Uh, so uh, fresh out of the CDC, although some of the data are not new in, in the sense that they're not as of 2021 or 2022 they're actually in the mid um uh 20 uh, teens of 2015 2016 because that's just how how their statistics work mm -hmm. uh, so um there are a couple of very important ones so the first one that i like to share is just the startling fact that uh every second there's an older adult that's uh, falling and that's a, a big deal. Uh, but looking at the severity of falls, actually about seven falls um, uh, are uh, seven falls lead to deaths per hour wow. as we speak. Yeah, so that is a lot of deaths. Uh, and then and, and then just looking at a more broader perspective, right? So uh, 
from the uh, Alzheimer's Association, we estimate that currently there are about 6.5 million people with Alzheimer's disease. Um, the statistics is actually growing a lot faster than uh, at least uh, when we were first anticipated. Uh, not too long ago, we were just at, uh, I would say about five, six years ago, we we're at 4.0 million uh, in terms of people with Alzheimer's. Now we're at 6.5. Um, so of those, roughly uh, three, there are uh, about 3 million falls per year related to falls. And then of the 3 million, roughly 300,000 of those falls lead to deaths in our uh, older adults. Uh, so those are just some really um, important numbers uh, to keep in mind. Uh, but this is why we're talking about falls today. Uh, the other issue on the flip side is most people don't think about falls. We don't, uh, you know, th there are a few um, uh, sort of uh, large um, public awareness campaigns um, uh, from different entities uh, regarding falls, such as the um, fall awareness um, uh, week that we're uh, participants of. Mm -hmm. uh, but most most just people we don't go around going okay well hey as I get older um, uh, we may you know I'm I'm gonna have to worry about my parents having a really major fall um, uh, not something that we we prepare for and it's not just you know death but but you know you, you, if you end up in the hospital when you're you know in your 80s uh, you know you that could that could lead to you know just the rest of your life having medical issues just related to that fall, correct? That's correct, uh, Jay. So a, a specific fall is sort of a, a the beginning of a cascade of events uh, that essentially uh, lead to um, individuals' de demise, right? So, so certainly you can have a single fall that is catastrophic, uh, such as uh, leading to a hip fracture. And then after that, the person hopes uh, to fully recover from hip fracture, but people with memory loss have a much harder time uh, following instructions, mm. um, not uh, uh, suffering a, a side effect of the anesthesia as well as the surgical aspects, as well as the perioperative and postoperative um, care uh, after the procedure. Uh, so oftentimes, um, when someone has um, dementia, when they have a hip fracture, they don't quite make it back to uh, being able to ambulate. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, then uh, when someone becomes bed bound, there's, uh, they, they're, uh, they have to deal with pressure sores or pneumonias, which are ultimately um, um, uh, what uh, causes the demise. Hmm. Um, so... You guys also safely you really uh, you released a new report on falls, uh, the 2022 State of Falls report um, recently, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, some of your findings. Yes, so a couple of findings that are uh, relatively uh, fresh from uh, since the pandemic is that uh, our um, the 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 survey participants really uh, remarked on the fact on, in terms of how staff turnover, they're very worried about staff turnover as we are in um, almost every industry these days. The staff turnover have really um, caused uh, or, or um, possibly associated uh, with just the overall um, ability of the facilities to provide high quality care. 
And I will say that uh, even at this point, only one in five um, uh, executives um, are saying that there's an increase in falls um, uh, since the pandemic. We're, on the other hand, seeing quite a bit more, and there are a variety of reasons for that. I mean, is it being underreported, or are they, are they just not looking at the right things? Well, I think it's it's um, it's a combination of uh, issues where uh, I think there are a lot of uh, priorities that uh, different, uh, uh, I would say, uh, the leadership team of the facilities are looking at. Um, but again, one, one in five is, is still significant, right? Meaning that they are paying additional attentions uh, to fall events. Uh, the other statistics that they're talking about is they're having to spend roughly uh, $350,000 more uh, per year uh, on just uh, their fall um, uh, prevention as well as uh, fall response uh, programming. Yeah, so it's costly uh, monetarily as well as uh, physically. That's right. That's right. Um, and, you know, obviously COVID has had a huge impact on really everything uh, in life. But um, I guess, you know, from from the standpoint of a of a patient in a in a senior care community or, or a facility, uh, you've got sort of the you know, I guess there's there's been sort of more isolation, but also few like you mentioned, fewer staff to help you. Uh, you know, kind of prevent a fall, correct? That's right. So well, maybe we could start back looking at the pandemic, right? Um, so I think in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, as you uh, recalled, uh, in fact, uh, some of the earlier um, COVID outbreaks were right. um, in senior care, uh, care facilities, right? So that was really the headline uh, that, uh, that, were, um, that made the news. Um, in addition to that, there are uh, the mortality um, factor. There's a lot more people uh, dying just purely because the, uh, our older adults in senior care facilities are probably some of our most vulnerable um, uh, in our population. Uh, so they've certainly um, uh, uh, sort of taken up the um, huge burden in uh, mortality and deaths. Uh, there was a lot of quarantine, right? So uh, yeah. older adults were asked to stay in their rooms. So as you know, when you stay in your room, you really don't have access to the regular space or uh, access to activity programs that you're used to. Uh, we're aware of a lot of um, uh, sort of detriments to um, actually all of our mental health, but especially our seniors that leads to a lot of isolation. But from a physical standpoint, that leads to, uh, we, you know, in my opinion, mus uh, atrophy of uh, our muscles, our strength, um, uh, and that uh, leads to problems, right? Once you, if you, if you haven't gotten up for quite some time, when you first, uh, when you first trying to get up, you're you have to be uh, a lot more careful than you know if you've been moving around all day, right? And so, yep. I was going to say, also, a lot of people weren't going to the regular uh, doctor's appointments either. So they, you know, especially, uh, you know, telehealth, I guess, sort of, you know, came to the fore to help out with that. But still, I mean, you had a lot of people who just were either, you know, too afraid to go or unable to. 
That's exactly it, right? So imagine if you were getting physical therapy mm. uh, and you were living in a facility where you were uh, supposed to see a physical therapist, let's say three, a minimum of three times a week after you've had uh, knee surgery or knee replacement. Um, wow, all of a sudden that came to a halt, right? So your ability to uh, recover um, and participate in rehabilitation was greatly diminished. And then uh, for folks who didn't need rehab but needed the regular uh, exercise and activities, uh, they lost access to that. Uh, and I would say that because of the huge focus in senior care facilities, uh, the restrictions were, I would say, extraordinarily more, um, they're a lot more strict in the senior care facilities. I mean, right. I've, I'm, I've heard that they don't have access, to, you know, it's much harder to go out. There's this fear of, um, of being in the public, uh, having to even be in an ambulance, right? Right. Or um, having to wait in the waiting room, an emergency room. Uh, but uh, in addition to that, people lost access to, um, you know, their access to, uh, all sorts of personal uh, care uh, needs, uh, uh, have, having a, a hairdresser visit the facility and, uh, uh, just to uh, uh, provide um, some uh, uh, basic care, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so then, so then, fast forward. Now we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about staffing. So I I'm not uh, facilities do have a mandatory staffing ratio. Right, so it's not like the number of uh, staff have necessarily reduced, but certainly the turnover. Right, yeah. so more experienced staff. There, there's this. Uh, you know, we're, we're uh, the the senior care industry uh, have had to contend with the uh, great resignation, just like everyone else. Right, so right. there's a lot more stern uh, uh, staff turnover. The more experienced staff have, uh, you know, possibly retired or taken on other roles. Uh, so because of that, I think there's just less experience. There's less, um, um, uh, you know, ability to accommodate uh, dynamic changes, uh, you know, uh, as we're uh, trying to recover. Uh, so I think that leads to uh, just this overall concern for uh, the ability of the facilities pro uh, to provide um, high-quality high care. Uh, so what can we do about it? What are some ways to prevent falls to, to hopefully get these numbers going in the other direction? Yeah, so I think um, just like we're um, uh, trying to use technology uh, to provide more uh, efficient or effective um, 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 Delivery of healthcare. We're trying to do that. This is what we do in Safely Use. We're, we're trying to do that for the facilities when it comes to um, fall prevention. So, uh, if you don't mind, maybe I can jump right into uh, uh, what we do here at Safely mm -hmm. U a little bit. Okay. So, uh, just in a nutshell, what we have at Safely U is a um, a video technology detection system that is similar to um, uh, self-driving um, uh, cars. Uh, so what that re relies on is a lot of um, uh, essentially uh, a evolution in technology uh, using uh, data, using specifically video data, as well as computer vision science. 
Uh, now, I'm not a, um, a software engineer, so I can't tell you the nuts and bolts of that. Uh, but in a nutshell, is using vision science to uh, examine uh, 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 video data. You know, what we're used to is, let's say, numeric data, for example. But video data is treated differently. Uh, but you can, uh, as, as stated, right, video data you, requires a camera. So the camera is then able to send data that it collects uh, through a computer algorithm um, so that when a person is lying on the floor, uh, and this is after a thousand, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of um, uh, video feeds that essentially you're training uh, the computer to develop an algorithm so the computer is able to say, aha, uh -huh, that is a human um, on the ground uh, that has fallen. So after we uh, capture it a fall, um, we are able to then send that data to actually have a human eye examine it and verify that there is indeed a person on the ground and, for example, not a furniture on the ground. Right. Um, and then uh, our, um, um, our modules are designed where they uh, only keep um, uh, um, 15 minutes of data before the fall so that after the event, um, whenever, uh, usually what we prefer is uh, immediately after a fall, um, the care staff then can um, review the fall uh, incident to, to uh, decide and determine whether the fall was serious enough to require um, higher level of uh, medical care. And why is that important? So the reason it's important is, it, as it turns out, the majority of falls, uh, you know, I would say, gosh, probably, um, you, you know, an individual could have three to maybe even five falls before they have a serious fall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, um, the reason we need those fall events to be captured uh, is the person with memory loss, especially se uh, severe uh, dementia, they're not going to be able to tell you what happened to them. Right. Okay. Uh, most of the time, they still retain the ability to call for help, but oftentimes um, they may even lose that ability. Uh, and it's the same uh, main reason why they're in a care facility, right? Right. Uh, so there. So by expediting the notification um, system um, using the AI technology, um, the care staff gets to respond uh, quickly to the fall. Uh, rather than, you know, relying on their routine, usually uh, hourly uh, safety checks. Uh, they get to uh, review the fall to see if the fall is um, uh, sort of a, 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 an important fall uh, or a serious fall, uh, I should say. Um, they, uh, as we've um, monitored, um, I would say at this point we monitored over 60,000, maybe 65,000 falls now. It turns out that uh, roughly 15, 20% of the time the, the, the falls are actually not true falls. Uh, it is actually a person uh, getting on the ground to, let's say, look for something under the bed or they are uh, tired uh, and they just sat down uh, on the floor and they just can't get up. Generally speaking, um, without our technology, most facilities would treat that as a fall. So thereby that would um, trigger, uh, you know, a, a, a system of 
paperwork, a system of assessment, and a system of notification. So meaning that um, if my mom were to live in a care facility and she was, even though she got down on the floor and she's, uh, she can't get up, uh, they would be calling me and say, well, your mom fell. We don't really know what happened, uh, but we just want to let you know that she fell. So as you can imagine, if uh, my mom likes to get on the floor quite a bit, I'm going to get a lot of these noise yeah. signals and a lot of unnecessary phone calls. Right. Right. Um, so as you, so you can see that there's a lot of um, efficiency as well as specific, specificity uh, areas that our technology is able to improve on. And I imagine, you know, you'll just be able to detect falls like a lot of times, uh, you know, I, speaking from experience because my mother's elderly, you know, she she will have fallen, you know, but won't mention it for a week. So you don't, you know, you don't know unless they actually tell you. So, you know, if they forget or they don't want to, I imagine, you know, with your technology, you'll at least know whenever they do actually do fall. That's exactly it, right? So maybe speaking a little bit more about that, as I alluded to earlier. So most people fall three to five times before they have a serious fall that let's say leading to a hip fracture, right? Because uh, most um, older adults tend to go, well, I just fell, it's no big deal. I right. fall once in a while and that's just me. So they're not going, that's exactly, they're not gonna bother to tell anyone. So, so our video technology um, provides that information. So in, in fact, in, in the beginning, some of the facility goes, wait, I didn't know we're having a lot more falls than we're used to. Right. <laughs> Is there something wrong with your technology that you're artificially um, uh, raising our number of falls? And that's not quite true, right? It's, it's actually because we're, we're actually detecting falls um, that have been missed um, otherwise. Mm. Um, huh. Speaking about, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, um, uh, so speaking about specificity, right? So because of the fact that um, um, we have that video data, we can actually then uh, use that data to prevent future falls. So I'll, I'll give a few uh, specific examples. So if you are, a, uh, we've noticed, and uh, there are people out there, um, my mom is probably one of them, is if a, the closet door is left open or if the TV was inadvertently left on, uh, the person getting up to uh, shut the closet door or trying to turn off the TV in the dark. Those are all sort of little but significant environmental issues that lead to falls. Mm -hmm. And um, our video data, because the fall is captured, we're able to pinpoint all those little environmental issues to prevent the next fall. Hmm. Um, and I imagine that uh, another step too is, is improving staff training how can um how can we train staff to kind of be uh i guess help you know prevent falls in a better way than we're doing now yes so um as indicated right so we do want the staff to uh, observe and watch these videos and just by nature of watching the videos if they are noticing that uh, individuals are falling because of a certain per particular pattern. Uh, let's say uh, items that are left on the floor, uh, lights that are not being turned off, TV not being turned off. Uh, other areas that we notice a lot is uh, some people 
other uh, people, you know, even though as a society uh, in, in this, uh, our older adults themselves believe, well, they should all go to bed early. There's a, a good portion of the population who are just not ready to be put to bed at 8 p.m., mm-hmm. right? So uh, after facilities uh, observe an individual actually going being put into their room at 8 p.m., they're actually just out um, fidgeting in their room. Um, that those are all data that then the facility can get to use uh, to design a more person-specific program, right? So if, if they notice that the person uh, really shouldn't be put to bed or isn't used to going to bed at 8 p.m., uh, they're going to turn around and, and design and, and dedicate a, um, uh, and some activities for people who, are, who want to go to bed, say, at like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. So the data themselves, the video data serves... Uh, as a training tool for our staff uh, to provide more individualized care for um, um, the uh, folks that they take care of. So that's sort of one just obvious, um, I would say, um, we call it sort of in vivo, um, uh, in-person training uh, right there. Versus uh, the training that's out there uh, is more general. Uh, They're not always necessarily specific uh, to the individual. Right. Um, have you found that uh, facilities have been open to this uh, this research and this you know these suggestions? Uh, yes. So our facilities, uh, you know, we've partnered with um, at this point. Uh, I want to say we have uh, over six thousand cameras installed. So that's a lot of facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have the exact figures, but it's it's um, at least 200 facilities that we're involved in, maybe 250. Um, the folks that are using us, uh, they just rave uh, rave about us. So we've not had uh, today. We've been uh, we've started in about really seriously about 2019, but you know we've been in, we've just sort of been in um, piloting a mode, uh, uh, you know, testing mode really in 2017. We're still in the collaboration phase um we've not had any facilities that say hey we don't want to use this service anymore mm-hmm. uh, our our sort of continuation rate has essentially been 100 percent and it's largely because um they find the tool to be so useful have you seen improvements in those facilities that you've been working with for a while in terms of absolutely Absolutely. So our largest sort of published uh, study that's out there uh, was actually published in 2019. And uh, we are able to reduce falls by a minimum of 40 to 50 percent day 90. But we are reducing uh, emergency room visits by 80 percent. Wow. Yeah, so just a very serious falls, right? So we, mm-hmm. we um, um, as I indicated, if you can prevent a lot of early falls, then you're definitely going to also prevent the later, more serious falls. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Dr. Shang, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This has been uh, it's been great. Well, Jay, thank you so much for your time and your interest in, in this t- uh, topic. All right, thank you. That wraps up episode 65 of PSQH, the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at psqh.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Thanks again, and stay safe.